The following recording is from the previous cycle. Today's daf is Nadorm daf nun aleph, and we are at the two dots in the middle of daf nun amidbez. So the Gemara is going back on the Mishnah that said, "If Omar koinim tafshol she'eni toye." So if somebody made a neder, and the lotion he used in his neder was koinim tafshol she'eni toye, aser b'maisek derach umuter ba'ava. So the Mishnah said that someone who made such a lotion, that is allowed to eat a beitza termita, termuta. So it says the Gemara, my beitza termita, what exactly is this egg? Oh, my Shmuel, Shmuel said, after the Ovid law, an Evid that knows how to make this type of beya, that knows how to prepare it, shave alpha dinri, is worth a thousand dinarim on the market. What is exactly does he have to do, and what is it used for? You take an egg and you boil it in boiling water a thousand times. And then afterwards you put it into cold water a thousand times. The idea is to make it really, really small. So small that a person eating it can swallow it in one shot. The misle kiba, and in the event that this person that's swallowing this egg has something bothering him, he has an ailment, and he's having a difficult time diagnosing exactly what's wrong with him. When the egg goes through the person's body, whatever sickness he has is going to t- attach itself to this egg. And when the egg leaves his body, the asya and comes out, yoda asya, the the doctor is going to know my summer mitvi. What type of medication this choyla needs, and he'll know how to heal him. So clearly you could understand why this Evid would be worth a lot of money if he knew how to prepare this unbelievable diagnostic tool. Either way, that's a Beitzer Termit. It says the Gemara, Shmuel, have a Badik Nafshe Bekulcha. Shmuel used to do something similar to himself using a Kulcha. What's a kulcha? So the Ran says, loyodati. I don't know what exactly a kulcha is. The Rashi, the Mefarish, says that the kulcha is the Beitzer Termita that's mentioned in the Mishnah. Either way, Shmuel, who of course was a doctor, and you have a lot of Inyani Rafu and Shaz attributed to Shmuel, he was a doctor, he used to use either this exact or a similar diagnostic tool. But he used to use it on himself. And when he used it on himself, it would make himself weak. He got to the point where the members of his household used to pull their hair out because it bothered them so much that Shmuel was knocking himself out. If you take a look at the Mefarish, Mefarish says, Who are these Anshe Beise? Says Rashi. He would become so weak, he would chalish, literally, from going through this process. Until his wife would cry. Saira Machmas Daigo. And Shmuel's wife would pull her hair out because she was worried about Shmuel. She was worried about Shmuel's well-being. So it's interesting. We had in Amman Aleph, the Ran discussed the hair of Rabbi Akiva's wife. And we have here in Amman Beis, where the Mefarish is discussing the hair of Shmuel's wife. So uh, we talked about that already yesterday. Either way, that is the Gemara. That's what the Beitz or Tormita is. Says the Gemara right there. We the Mishnah. So he had a worker, a poil, that was working for his boss. And he was working on a field that was producing klufsin. That's a certain type of fig. So the halach is that a poil has certain rights. He's allowed to eat from the crop that he's working on. 
Balabayas has to be Moichel. That's the halacha. But says the Mishnah that if he's working Klufs in Loyachab Sheva, he can't walk over to the other patch, to the other crop, and start eating from there. Bibnoi Sheva, if he's working from there, Loyachab Klufsen, I'll eat from the Klufsen. Says the Gor, my Klufsen, what exactly is Klufsen? It's a type of fig. Says the Gor, Mino de Te'eni, it is a min of Te'enim. Da Abdim Enoim Lifti, it's the type of Te'ena that they used to make Lifti from. Says the Gor, who got the Yav Abdel There was a person that gave his friend an Evid. He sold him an Evid. Lagmure Alpha Mine Lifti. And the purpose was is that he was supposed to teach him how to make a thousand different types of Lifti. He only taught him 800. So he took him to Dintaira. I paid for an Evid that knows how to make a thousand different types of cakes. He only knows how to make 800. Says the Gemara, who they bring the Dintaira to? Lekami the Rebbe. Oh, my Rebbe. Rebbe said, Aviseinu Amru. Arzeda said, Noshinu Toiva. It's a Pasuk in Eicha. They said, once upon a time, we knew what it meant to have Dvarim Toivim. So these were already, our ancestors were bemoaning that they didn't know what a Dvar Toiva is. Onu as, afilu be'ineinu loiro'inu. We don't even have a hasoga of exactly what a Dover Toiv is. Meaning, we thought that you, know, you eat a fruit, the fruit tastes like this, the fruit tastes like that. Here you already have people that are taking each other to the entire for 800 reasons, 1,000 reasons. just goes to show the Eridus Hadoris, in terms of our understanding of Gashmias, that we're so removed from what exactly can be done with Gashmias. This is Rebbe talking. Rebbe, who Rashi quotes in the beginning of Parishas, told us the Gemara of Adazara that talks about the Ashiris of Rebbe and what Rebbe's table used to look like. It was literally Shulchan Nalachim, Rebbe and Antoninus, and even Rebbe remarked, Nashinu Toiva, he says, you see how removed we are from understanding the pleasures of Olam Hazeh. So on that note, we turn our attention a little bit to Rebbe. So yesterday we had Rabbi Yudah Barabi Loi, and we had a Galat Gemara about Rabbi Akiva, a little bit about Rabbi Shua. So now the next Omid Gemara, we're going to have some interesting Gemara regarding Rebbe. We had a lot about Rebbe, Bishat Ptirosh or Rebbe. And then the Mesachtas Ksubis, Tafkuf Gimel, Tafkuf Dalit, and Ksubis talks a lot about Rebbe. But more Bishat Ptirosh, here the Gemara is going to touch on a, another angle of the life of Rebbe. Says the Gemara, Rebbe, Ovadle, Hilulu, Rabshim, Rebbe. Rebbe made a chasana for his son, Rabshim, Rebbe. Now there's missing a few words here. If you look on the Side, and he didn't invite Bar Kapara. Now, Bar Kapara was one of Rebbe's Talmidei Mufakim. Rebbe's Talmud is Rabchia, Rabbi Yochanan, Rav, Bar Kapara. So, Bar Kapara is one of Rebbe's famous Talmidim throughout Shas. So, here he's making a chasana for his son, Rabbi Shimon Bar Rebbe. He doesn't invite his Talmud Bar Kapara. Bar Kapara was annoyed. He wasn't happy about that. Says the Gemara Kosav, so Bar Kapara wrote as follows. So he goes to the hall and he starts writing graffiti on the hall. He says $240 million, that's the number if you pull out your calculator, was spent on this chasana by Rebbe. Rebbe was a big oisher. Now I'm assuming it was a little bit of a guzma. But $240 million Rebbe spent on the chasana. But he asked Bar Kapara, but he didn't have $80 somewhere to invite Bar Kapara. So he was annoyed. So Omar, he said, Im Hashem is so good to people that are bad. They're Meaning Rebbe, in this case, who's not so good. He doesn't even invite his Talmud to a chasana. Yet Hashem bestowed him with such wealth. Can you imagine what type of Ashiras one day the Oisir Ritzene are going to get says the Gemara Azmane Rebbe heard that he says okay no you can come Omar he said oh so Rebbe he had a whole different spin on the story if Hashem gives an Oilom so much Ashiras to people that are Oisir Ritzene can you imagine what's going to be an Oilom so 
Bar Kapara flip very easily, and that's the story. Says the Gemara. The day that Rebbe is besimcha, Puranus would come to the world. The Gemara elaborates on this a little bit. And the Gemara there says that Rebbe was a tremendous Baal Yisurim, and Rebbe's Yisurim was Megan on the world. To the extent that a day that Rebbe wasn't Betzar, a day that Rebbe was Besimcha, literally Puranus would come to the world. Says the Gemara, Rebbe's making a chasana, and Rebbe tells Bar Kapara, So apparently Bar Kapara was a humorous person. He was a Batchen. So, hashtag Batchen. So he turns to, uh, I'm trying to make your job easy. So he turns to Bar and he tells him that, do me a favor, you're invited to the wedding. So now you know why he didn't want him to come to the wedding originally. He says, you're invited to the chasana, but on the condition, I don't want you to make me laugh because it's Asya Paranusabam. He says, not just that, if you don't make me laugh, but you're I will give you, so grieving is a certain measurement, it's unclear how much, 40 grieving of wheat. On my way. So Bar said, okay, deal. So he said, let's see, I'm going to come to the wedding, I'm not going to make Rebbe laugh, and in exchange for that, I'm going to get 40 grivim of chitin. But he said, the whole grivim to be in a shakilma. He didn't tell me how big the measurement or how small the measurement, meaning it sounds like I get as much as I want. So says the Gemara, shakal, the kudarapi, took a very large basket, chafya kufra, Baskets are usually made out of twigs or wicker, so he closed it up so no strand of chita would be able to fall through the cracks. So the Ran seems to say he flipped it upside down. The Marsha says that he put it on his head. And he went to Rebbe. You told me that if I don't make you laugh, I'm going to get 40 chitin of grievous. He takes this massive basket, meaning showing I want a very large measurement. He puts it on his head and he comes to Rebbe. I want it. Lechili Mara, born grievy chitid Roshinabach, says the Gemara, Achuk Rebbe. Rebbe started to laugh. On Malay, so he told him, Lad Azar Ticho, the Lois Abdukhan, didn't I tell you not to make you laugh? So Amalay told him, Chitid Roshinabach, I wasn't trying to make you laugh. I was trying to collect what you promised me you were going to give me if I didn't make you laugh. Either way, the Gemara says, Rebbe laughed. That's the story. Amalay, Bakapar Labarte, Zakapara, before this chasana that Bakapar was now invited to, tells Rebbe's daughter, Tomorrow, at your brother, Shimon's wedding, I'm going to be there, and I'm telling you now, this is the way the events are going to go down. I am going to drink wine, and I'm going to do it while your father is dancing, and while your mother is kirkini. So what exactly does kirkini mean? So if you look at the Mepharshim, they all say something different. The Rush says, kirkini means, your mother's going to be dancing in front of me. So I'm telling you, I'm going to be drinking wine while your father is dancing, and your mother is dancing in front of me. The Ran says, She'irakid avicha, your father's going to be dancing, and your mother's going to be mekarkeres, I guess that's some form of rikud, umizameres, she's going to be singing for me. The Mepharish says, I'm going to be drinking wine while your father's dancing for me, and your mother is pouring me wine. According to all three of these pshatim, obviously it's tzarech beer. Rebbe's wife is going to be dancing for Bar Kapara, or singing for Bar Kapara, or even pouring her wine. There's an iser to be mishamish with a woman. So we'll get to that in a minute. But either way, that's what he told him. Says the Gemara, Ben Alasa, Chasid Rebbe Hava. Rebbe had a son-in-law whose name was Ben Alasa. But Asher Godel Hava. He was very wealthy. Asman Abayi Lulu, Rebbe Rebbe. He too was at this wedding. I'm going to back up all the Rebbe. He's in Bar Kapara, he's sitting at the Chasana. And he turns to Rebbe. And he says, My Toy Eva. So an interesting exchange. The Pasuk says, Ve'isha she'yishka ve'ezachar, mishkeve'isha, Toy Eva 
says in the Torah that someone who does Mishkav Zachar, it's a Toyeva. Toyeva also. What they did was a Toyeva. So Bar Kapara asks Rebbe at the wedding that why exactly does the Torah use the word Toyeva to describe Mishkav Zachar? So the Gemara says Rebbe responded, and whatever Rebbe said, Bar Kapara shlogged up. Called Amalei Rebbe, the Hachinu Toyeva, Pircha Bar Kapara, Bar Kapara had a Pircha for Amalei. So finally, Rebbe was exhausted. So he says, No, so apparently you know the real Pshat and why the Torah used the word Toyeva. Parshayat, so why don't you tell me? Amalei, so he told him, Tasty the Vishu, Tirmili. I want your wife to come first, pour me a glass of wine, and then I'm going to tell you. Not la us is Ramulay. So she came and she gave him a glass of wine. Amalei, the Rebbe, but he said, no, I'm still not going to tell you. I need you to start dancing for me. Kum rekoidli, the emelach. So fuck, Rebbe had no choice. He wanted to know what Tayeva means. So Rebbe started to dance. After Rebbe danced, and Rebbe's wife poured him a glass of wine, which incidentally seems to support the Mefarish's pshat, that this was what Bar had predicted was going to happen at the wedding, says the Gemara, he told him, this is why the Torah uses the word Toyeva, Toyeva Toya'ataba, as if this person, he's straying, he's lost, he's confused with Mishkav Zachar, because really it's supposed to be Mishkav Isha, he's not supposed to be involved in Mishkav Zachar, Toyeva is a play on words, Toya'ataba. That's the story. The Kosach, you know, Kapari needed another glass of wine. So what did he do? He replayed the events of Alei. So he told him, my tevel, it says that a woman that is nival to a behemoth. So the Torah describes it as tevel hu, that the maises nus that happened between woman and behemoth is a tevel. So he said, my tevel, amalei kinyano, kinmoth. So Rebbe started again, saying pshatim. And whatever Rebbe said, Barka Parish lugged up until finally Rebbe's wife poured him a glass of wine. Rebbe starts dancing. This is Barka Parish Rebbe. Who's also the Nasi and a Tansfar by Kapara, so he can open shot in a Pasik. It's mind boggling. Somebody, Evelida, Emelach, Avad, Amale, Tevel, who? Tavlin, Yeshva? Is there Tavlin? Is there anything unique, anything special about this beer that you're willing to do in Avera for this type of beer rather than a more traditional beer? Mishanya, Hadar, beer, Minkula, beer. That's what Tevel means. Amale, he told him, My Zima. Now, what does Zima mean? So, where does it say Zima? Al Techalal is Bitchol has Noisa. That's regarding znos, someone who's promiscuous, just reckless znos. The Torah refers to azima. Amalei evit kinyan kanma avad va'amalei. Again, they went through the same thing. Third glass of wine, and he said. Zima means Zumahi, that any child that's going to be born from Znos, Zumahi, who's the father of this child? Who is this kid? No one's going to know who the child is. So, right, Bilas Akrabal, but if there's no husband, then how do they know who the child is? And that's the point, the emphasis of Zima. Says the Gemara, Ben Asa, who was mentioned as one of the characters in the beginning of the story, was, who was an usher Godel, couldn't falaid what was going on. Couldn't be sovereign. He couldn't deal with what was going on. Here, you have Bar Kapara, who's Rebbe's Talmud. He's embarrassing. His shver, Rebbe, Rebbe Danasi, and his shviger also. And he just couldn't deal with it anymore. Says the Gemara, come the Nafak. He got up and he left. Him, who the intersay mitaman, he together with his wife, he just couldn't deal with it. There's an interesting mefarish. The mefarish says, why couldn't he deal with it? Says the mefarish, la yochel ben alasal and mizbal oisa zilusa shal rebbe lefisha haya asher gadol falei haya yochel liris davash shal zilusa michama. You know why he couldn't deal with what was going? Because he was very wealthy. Because he was very wealthy, it's for that reason he couldn't stand it. I think pashup shad and the mefarish is is because he was an aristocrat. He must have been from aristocracy. He was very wealthy. He was a very 
person. He was a son-in-law by the Nasi, no less. And it's for that reason that he himself, more than anybody else, couldn't be served what was going on. What came to mind was a vart that once heard for Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. We're all familiar with the Mishnah Masech the Shabbos that on Shabbos, a person is not let to read, learn Torah by an Araner. There's a discussion. What about a Talmud Chacham, Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha? So we know that Gemara. But there's a Gemara Masech the Shabbos, Daf Yud Beis Amid Beis. Omar Rava, Rava said, Im Adam Chashifu Mutter. If the person reading is an Adam Chashuv, then he is allowed to learn by a Orhaner. What's the reason? Because for an Adam Chashid, it's to be Mata and Or. And being that it doesn't pass for him to take a Nair and to move it a little bit, there's no Chash that he's going to do it. So if Chayesh Mulevit said that you see a Dover Nifla, he says, you see that a Talmud Chacham, who's a Yari Shemayim, even Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha, came to be Koravahita. And that's what he said, Kama that you see that the Chachamim knew that even the Talmud Chacham was a Yari Shemayim and he's engrossed in Limud Torah, still it's possible he'll come with a Chil Shabbos B'Shoyik. But an Adam Chashav, someone that it's in the Lafi for him to do something like that, Adam Chashav, Shani, Rava Paskins in the Gemara, nobody argues with Rava, and Adam Chashav has nothing to worry about. So he said, an aristocrat, someone who, who, for him to do something is beneath his dignity, will be less inclined to do what's beneath his dignity, even than the Talmud Chacham will, to do something that goes against his Yerushalayim. All the Talmud Chachamim, I'm sure there was a very Chashim and Mizrachvan sitting over here at Rebbe's Chasunah, and everybody sat, and nobody had an issue what was going on. There was one person who got up, he couldn't deal with what was going on. That was Ben Allah Why? Not because he was so great in learning, not because of his Midas, not because of his love for his Shvench, because he was an Asher Gadol, he was an aristocrat, and he could not deal with what was going on. That's this idea of Adam Chashiv Shani that there's nothing that gets in the way of Chashivas. Perhaps it's Sushtal. Either way, the Gemara continues on the topic of Ben Alasa. So says the Gemara, my Ben Alasa. Give us a little more information. What's the rest of the story of Ben Alasa? Says the Gemara, the Tanya. Ben Alasa used to spend a lot of money on a very fancy hairdo. So he had a very expensive hair thing going. But says the Braisa, he didn't just do it because he was about Taiva, he wanted to look good. That's not what it was about. The reason he did it was because he wanted to teach the people how the Kain used to look. He lived already post Chorban Besamik. There's no one I'd ever seen a Kain but he knew the Messiah that the Kohen Gadol had a very special haircut. He knew what it looked like, and he did it on himself. So he was a good conversation piece. So that, his hair, that was the Talmud Chacham's haircut. How do you know the Talmud Chacham had a special haircut? Because it says, And Tana, we went to the Bryce, that the haircut is like a Lulinus. My Lulinus, Amrab Yehuda, Tisparta Yechidata. Hey, again, more, we still need some help here. On my Rava, Rava said, So apparently where one here comes to an end is at the root of the other here. So it sounds like the here was layered. You would have a here, and then another here, and then another here. So rather than here's being on top of each other, they were just layered. So I'm not exactly sure what this looks like. But either way, the Hainu Rava said that was the Tisbaris of the Kain Gadol. Ben Elasa had it. He was Pizeras Moislav. He spent a lot of money on it, but he didn't just do it because uh, he was about Taiva and this was something that he wanted to do, but rather the reason he did it was is to show people how exactly the Kohen Gadol used to look. So just two things before we go weiter. Number one, so you have the story where Bar Kapara tells 
Reb Shimon by Rebbe, that tomorrow at the or Rebbe's daughter, that tomorrow at Reb Shimon's wedding, you're going to see I'm going to be drinking wine and I'm going to do it while your father's dancing for me and while your mother is kirkini. So what was kirkini? So we saw three pshatim. Either she's going to be dancing, she's going to be singing, or she's going to be that's pouring one that's pouring the wine. Either way, whatever the pshat is, it seems to be tzarich beer because we're dealing with dvarim asurim. So how exactly was he going to be allowed? to do something like this. So Rabbi Yaakov Emden, Siyavitz, asked the Kasha, and Rabbi Yaakov Emden just has one line. He says, maybe for a Dvar Mitzvah it's different. And then it says, a Dvar Mitzvah is different, it's Sarach Bir. Why exactly would it be different for a Dvar Mitzvah? So even Rabbi Yaakov Emden is a little bit Sarach Iyon. You look in the Shalmi Nidorim, the Shalmi Nidorim quotes, tells you to look at the last Ritva in Mesechtis Kedushin. So the end of Mesechtis Kedushin deals with the sugyas of Yichud. It's Yichud. And in the halachas of Yichud, you find that there are differences between someone that's an Adam Kosher or someone that's a parrot. So although the Gemara, they tell stories about even the greatest tzaddikim where they were involved in a yichud situation, or Vamram Chasida, there's some well-known Gemaras in the end of Masechtas Kedushan that talk about even great tzaddikim were almost olol, almost nichshol, binyoni arais, enapetropos arais. But there are some distinctions in halacha when it comes to isure yichud and isure arais in general between someone that's an adam kosher and someone that's not necessarily an Adam Kasher. So I'll just read to you one part of the Ritva. It's the last Ritva of Masech Tzkedushim. Ve'emakir ba'atzmoi she'yitzrei nichna ve'kofofloi ve'emai latina klal. Somebody sees by himself that he has control over his Yitzhahara. He's not so vulnerable. Mutaloi lehistakel so there are certain things that ordinarily a person is not supposed to do as our chakis for Isser Arayas. This person is allowed to do that if he knows in himself, he has self-confidence that nothing bad is going to happen. That's the story with Rabbi Yechanan. The Yosef Ashari used to sit at, literally at the mikvah so that the women, before they would go be the mikvah, they would see Rabbi Yechanan. He's very handsome, so they should see Rabbi Yechanan. And he used to sit. How did he allow himself to put himself in a situation where all the women that are coming and going, he's literally sitting right there because Rabbi Yechanan knew that he had nothing to worry about. Rabbi you find that all the women from the Bekesa he too was very handsome. Rabbi Vo, we have in our Gemara. They used to all come out. So Rabbi Vo allowed himself to, to have all the women coming and doting on him. How could he allow that? The terror says he wasn't concerned. We just had the Gemara yesterday. Rabbi Akiva was talking to the Matronisa. And you find it with Rabbi Yeshu and Shas and different Rabbanim that they used to talk to the Matronisas. How are they allowed to talk to a Matronisa? A man's allowed to talk to a woman that's not his wife. Yeah, used to take the kala and he used to dance. Kate's lifting a kala, literally holding the kala. So what's the pshat? The pshat is because these were people that were makir ba'atzmoi sheyitzrei nichna v'kafufloi ve'emayla tina klal. Then as he says, Elushein roi lahakol b'zeh elo lechosid gadol shemakol b'yitzrei v'loy kol tamid chachamim boitchem b'yitzreim kidechasina b'shmaitem b'chal haniyudin the ma'isinon. And it doesn't work for every talmud chacham. Why? As you see in the gemaras and the masechtas kedusha. And the different Amiram Tanam that you see were almost Nikshal. So just because someone's a Talmud Chacham and he's a Chas, it doesn't necessarily mean that he qualifies. But there are certain Talmud Chacham and there are certain Chasidim that do qualify for this safe harbor, this exemption, where a lot of these Harchakas for Arayas wouldn't necessarily apply to them. And then he concludes, Ashrim Misha Al 
But either way, says the Ritva that you do find throughout Shas this idea that there was certain tzaddikim, certain chachomim, that they were on a level where they felt they had total control over their Yitzhahar of Arayas, so that things that ordinarily were usher to regular people, even to certain tzaddikim, for them maybe wouldn't be usher. That's Rabbi Yechanan, that's Rabbi Adabrahav in Ksubis, that's Rabbi Avo. So you have different Gemara says the Shalmi Nadarim. This is another Gemara right here. You find here that Bar Kapara didn't have to be worried about Rebbe's wife dancing for him, or maybe even Rebbe's wife singing for him, or Rebbe's wife pouring him a glass of wine, because he fell into that exception that the Ritva discusses at the end of Masechtas Kedushan. That's one Ha'ara. Another Ha'ara, and that is you have over here where Rebbe didn't laugh to the extent that Yoyma the Mechayich Bei Rebbe Asya Paranus Eloilam that the day that Rebbe would laugh Paranus would come to the world. Bar Kapar was a Batchem. Bar Kapar was making jokes and he was going out of his way to try to get Rebbe to laugh. So there seemed to be Two schools of thought. On the one hand, you have Rebbe, who Rebbe felt very strongly not that way. And you have Bar Kapara, who was, you have Bar Kapara, who was to the contrary. Now, the truth is, the Gemara discusses it in somewhat greater detail. The Gemara talks about it initially in the context of how to conduct yourself at a wedding, which is a time of But I'll just read to you the end of the Gemara, as it is late. But the Gemara at the end says as follows. It's Brachis. It's usher for a person. So you have to know exactly what the definition of this is, because it's actually brought down in Shulchan Aruch, as we'll see in a minute. But literally, your, your mouth can't be full with laughter or with happiness. Oz, is going to come in the end of days. Then we're going to be happy. But now it's also now, when Reish Lakish heard this from his Rebbe, Rabbi Yechanan, he was never happy. He took it seriously, and he was Mekayim, the Asal Adam Shemalis Chak Pivan Wazan. Incidentally, I saw the Ben Yoyada here in Brachas Laman Aleph. So he says, What's the Chiddush that Reish Lakish listened to his Rebbe, Rabbi Yechanan? Reish Lakish was a Talmud move. If there was ever a Rebbe Talmud relationship in Shas, it's Rabbi Yechanan and Reish Lakish. So, is it a Chiddush that if Rabbi Yechanan said that it's Asr, that Reish Lakish took him seriously? So the Ben Yoyada says, I don't know where he got this from, that Reish Lakish's natural Teva was not to be serious. He was naturally a geschmack guy, he was a uh, humorous, he used to always laugh. He says, just like Bar Kapar Masech, this is the Dharam we find that, that's where Rish Lakish was. And the Chiddush was that he was able to succumb his natural tendencies and he was able to go from being someone who ordinarily would crack jokes, who was besimcha, to be somebody that was a lot more serious because he heard it from Yechanan. He heard Rabbi Yechanan say, This is actually brought down in Shulchan Aruch. It was a little Aleph next to this Gemara, and it's brought down in Hilchas Tishavav, in Simen Tov Kuf Samach. So Simen Tov Kuf Samach discusses Lassoy Zeichel L'Churben. So familiar with the box that you have in your townhouse, and with the glass that the chassan cracks at the end of the chuppah. Maybe they sing in Meshkachich, but if you go through this Simen and Shulchan Aruch, it's not so much for the faint of heart. But uh, if you go through it, there's a lot of halachis mentioned over here that um, are interesting. Tzilchas Tishabav, Simen Tov Kuf Samach, go through the Shulchan Aruch and discuss it with your local rabbi. But either way, the last halacha mentioned in Simen Tov Kuf Samach is, Asu Adam Sheyemale Piv Schoik So seems to be an open shot, black and white halacha, that it's also for a person, Sheyemale Schoik Piv. 
to the extent that the Mishabrur brings from the Taz that Afilu Simcha Shal Mitzvah Kugayim Bechasana Upurim Lo Yomalis Chayk Pivs Even then, it's going to be Aser. So, just one caveat, and again, the rest you can discuss with your local rabbi, but if you take a look in the Aruch HaShulchan, it's Sivkot Ches, right here, Sivkot Tov Kof Samach, he brings this halacha, he just adds a few words. V'asal la'adam sh'yamalei piv s'choyk ba'il ma'zeh, ki s'choyk v'kal desroish, margilin le'erva, v'zeh afilu bizman ha'mikdash aser. This was also afilu bizman ha'mikdash. Right, you think of it in terms of zeichel ha'mikdash, but the truth is, even at the time of the base ha'mikdash, says the Aruch HaShulchan, there was an issue of s'choyk v'kal esreish ma'gilin as'adim le'erva, and if that's the real reason why it's aser, then it would be aser even then, and says the Aruch HaShulchan, v'zehu, this is his caveat, kisha'oisik ba'aschoyk zman meruba im acherim. It's only if it's a zman meruba im acherim with other people. Avoschoyk ba'alma leislamba upashad hu da'asar l'shmoya zamer isha dezorki of l'arach. But either way, so that's the caveat that the Aruch HaShulchan says, which is, it's a zman meruba im acherim. So I guess he's sitting together with a kat moish of l'arach. I'm not sure. But either way, that is what the Aruch HaShulchan says. So it's, uh, it's getting late. I was going to talk a little bit about Rabbi. Rav Tali Mirafshitz, right? We have some Chassidish Eden sitting here, but Rav Tali Mirafshitz, who was a, a well-known Rebbe, who was known to, to be a Batchin. So I was trying to think of some Rav Naftali Mirafshitz stories, but he was oh, somewhat. He was the Divrichayim was his Talmud, the Mechaschenuch was his Talmud. Just to give you an idea of who he was as a Rebbe, but he used to teach and. Be mechanechis talmidim through the medium of of laughter, through the medium of schoik. That was his motto. So if you went to the rebbe, you'd always walk out laughing. You'd always walk out with a with a good joke. So whereas the Katzke rebbe, a lot of rebbes were much more serious. They were giving musr and they were being tevea. They were mourning a lot. Rabbi Naftali Rapshitza was to the contrary. They, the chassidim tell a story that the kashnitz magid every night used to say tikkun chatzos. And he would say tikkun chatzos. He would sit down on the floor. He'd put ashes on his head and he would cry for whatever tzaras would cross his desk that. Day, and anything that the Kajit Samagat would daven for on that night would be answered. That was a special Kaya that the Kajit Samagat had while he used to vine those Tikkun Chatzois. So the Chassidim tell a story that one night the Kajit Samagat sat down, he said his Tikkun Chatzois, and he was davening for something specific, and he could tell in Shemayim that he wasn't getting the feedback he used to get, and his Tfilas weren't being answered. So he was very concerned. What's going on? And he said he's not getting up until they tell him why in Shemayim, why tonight is different. Why he can't be answered that it works every night. Why is it not working tonight? So they told him that on that night, Rav Naftali Rapshitz was traveling to a shtetl, incognito, nobody knew he was. And he stays in an inn, he comes to the inn, he sees there's a chasana going on. So he walks into the wedding, and he sees that the chusan and the kala, they're very depressed. They're not happy, they're not, they can't have some chasana and kala. So he goes over there, he says, why are you so depressed? Why aren't you happy? It's your wedding. So he said, because... At our wedding, there was supposed to be a batchen, and we had this batchen who was supposed to come in very far. We spent a lot of money on him. The batchen couldn't make the trip. And because there's no batchen, it's for that reason that we're very sad. So Rav Tali Rapshin says, you know something? I can arrange it for you. And he got up, and he started praving batchonis. So they told the cousins of Agen and Shemayim that Rav Tali batchonis was so powerful that the whole Pamalya Shamayla stopped doing what they were doing and they all sat and they listened to the, to, to the Batchanis on Ranaftali Rapshitsa. They weren't paying attention to the Tfilas of the Kajits of Agit. They were rather paying attention to the Batchanis of Ranaftali Rapshitsa. So the Kajits of Agit turned, met Ranaftali Rapshitsa a short while later and he told him, you can do 
more with your batchanis than I could do with my tzedah. As long as looking the chesidah, but either way, <laughs> these are these two schools over here. You have the school of Rebbe, you have the school of Bar Kapara. So we now continue to the last harabutzos. The said, "I know the man of a vushel." So, actually, I know to be Maisa Kedera. So, no. I knew it was one of them. So, he's allowed to eat the Beitzer Tomita and he's allowed to eat the Dalas Harabutza. So, we know what the Beitzer Tomita is. What's the last Harabutza? My last Harabutza, Mashmul, Kara Karkuzoi. So, it's a Kala, it's a certain melon that comes from Karkuzoi. Ravashi Omar, the last Hakun Baremes. It's the last that was cooked inside. The afer, right? You can cook things sometimes in afer. These are shayos and al-chashavas. But you can cook things in afer. So that's what it means. So it's not a certain type of dalas, but rather it's a dalas that was prepared. It was cooked in a certain way. Israel, the Ravashi. So Ravina, it's Ravashi. And the Chem Yoimer. And the Chem, he says, the Mishnah Mesech Tzkelayim. Dalas Aramis. He, Dalas Amistris. The Dalas Aramis is the same as the Dalas Amistris. And Kalayim Im Hayavonis. It's Kalayim if it's mixed together with the, the Las Hayavonis and Kalayim Amaramutsa. And it's Kalayim if it's mixed together with the Las Hayavonis. So what do you see from here? That the Las Hayavonis is a certain type of Dalas. It's not a Dalas that was prepared in a certain way, but rather it's a Sug Dalas, because the Mishnah is discussing it in Hilchas Kalayim, that this Dalas is Kalayim with that Dalas. If it's just a regular, ordinary Dalas, it was just prepared in a certain way, then it would have no significance in Hilchas Kalayim. From the fact that it has significance in Hilchas Kalayim, it would seem to be a riot to Shmuel, that it's Kara Karkuzoi, says the Gemara, good Kasha, Tiofta. Somebody makes a nether that he's not going to have a no from Maisa Kedero, and also El Master Sachta. So the Losh of Nayodam of Maisa Kedero is Maisa Sachta, something that is not just cooked in a pot, but that the water is boiled very excessively. So that only that is what he's going to be. What if he says not? but rather then Then it doesn't just mean a meiser is achta, but anything that's cooked in a pot is going to be us. Tanya, Bryce, that elaborates on this. Someone that makes a nether, I'm not going to have a no from anything that was yoyre lekdera that was in a pot. He's also not allowed to eat something that is fried. Why? Because anything that is cooked in a frying pan, is first boiled in water. So apparently, so we do it the opposite today. We fry things and then we cook it. But if that's, how they, that's what they used to do. So they would cook things, and then after they cooked it, they would fry it. So something that is yoyred le'ilfis is also a yoyred le'ilfis. However, somebody says, kremish yoyred le'ilfis, someone makes a nedem min a yoyred le'ilfis, multib yoyred le'ilfis. It's not necessarily also something that's yoyred le'ilfis, because not everything that's yoyred le'ilfis is also yoyred le'ilfis. Min a nasa b'kteiro, nuance. What if somebody makes a nedem that I'm not going to have enough, min a nasa b'kteiro, multib a nasa b'ilfis, then he's allowed to eat something that's nasa b'ilfis, and min a nasa b'ilfis, multib a nasa b'kteiro. Meaning, if you make a nedem min a yoyred le'ilfis, you can't have Hanoah from something that's Yeri Lofis. Min Hanase Bikdera, then you can't have Hanoah from something that's Yeri Lofis. What's the difference? Yeri Lofis means it was in a pot. Everything that's fried was in a pot. So Yeri Lofis includes in it something that's Yeri Lofis. Nase Bikdera means it was finished in a Kdera. Being that it's going to be Yeri Lofis, it's obviously not fully prepared in the Kdera. Therefore, it's a Kluxura. Noidem in Hayeri Lofis, and also El Lopas, them Omar Kol Maise Tanor Olai, What's the point in all these halachas? The point in all these halachas is, as Ben Adorim 
Hilchin Achaloshim Neyodam. So it's not so much halachas per se, but rather it's psychology. When somebody says Maisik Deira, what does he mean? When somebody says Hayyur Deira, what does he mean? Somebody says Hayyur Ilfis, what does he mean? In fact, we spoke this out a few weeks ago, but it's Kedai to speak it out now because we're going to have a lot of Mishnayas now that discuss very similar halachas. The Raman brings this halacha of Benadar and Hilchin Achaloshim Neyodam. Raman brings in Hilchin Adar and Perkes Halacha Yigimel. This is the Ikra Godel you have to know. Shahu Benadarim Holach Acha Loshem Neodam. Shabbos say Mokur, Oisaloshen, Oisazman, Valpi Ikra Zet, Toyro, the Toyma Zehanoid, the Osbadava Plane, the Mudulava Plane. So the bottom, the rule of thumb over here for all these different halachas is, is that it's Loshem Neodam, and not Loshem Neodam in a universal sense. Oisay Mokim, Oisazman. You find out what people in this area mean when they say these words, and that's how you define it. So the Radvaz asks the obvious question, and that is, If that's the case, the why the Ramah bring all these halachas? It's all Mishnayasin, Gemaras, Bryces, what are you all these halachas for? Find out what people mean when they say Yerlikdera. You have Mishnah after Mishnah after Mishnah that's discussing halachas which really seem to be unnecessary. It boils down to Lashem Neyodam, and the Ravaz says a Chiddush. He says, Yesh loimar, shem minig, kavua, The reason the Chacham told it to us is in the event that there is no minig. But enachinami, if you live in a place where when somebody says maisa kedera, he means anything that's yoyer the kedera, not only the maisa resachta, that's what it will mean. The Mishnah, all these halachas, this guidance that Chazal gave us is only for people that have no minig. But, or they live in a place where things don't necessarily, but if there is a minig hamakim, it means whatever the minig hamakim is. So we continue along the same thing. Minak kavosh, somebody makes an adder, he's not going to have a no from anything that's kavosh. So kavosh can mean preserved or pickled. Ain't also element a kavosh It means only Vegetables. Those are the things that people are usually kovish. Kovish anitoyim. If he adds the word anitoyim, aser becholak fushin, then he's going to be aser anything that's kovish. Min hashalok. If he says min hashalok, shalok means something that's not fully cooked. In a yaser element hashalok shabaser. It means meat. That's something that people usually eat, not fully cooked. Tartar. Shanitoyim. But if somebody says shanitoyim, aser becholak shlukim, then he's going to be aser. What's that? Then it's go, go, going to be usher in everything that is shalak. The Ran is, is not sure exactly how to learn this Mishnah. The chiluk between the Resha and the Seifa. Min kavosh is Yerek. Min hashalok is Basar. Kavosh anitoyim or shalok anitoyim, that includes kalakvushim and kalashlukim. Is the difference between the Resha and the Seifa the hay? Min ha-kavosh versus kavosh anitoyim. Hey, with the hey ayudia, the kavosh. That's the thing that people usually are kavosh. Ha-shalok is the thing that people are usually shalok. Or is the difference between the same for the shanitoyim? Shanitoyim is an inclusive lotion, so maybe that's what the difference is. The Ran says, Tup shatim. Amali ravachar be'du avila ravashi. Amad dikavosh mai, dishalik mai, ditsali mai, dimaliach mai, heichem ashma. What does he mean over there? It's according to the first pshat of the Ran that the difference between the Rashi and the same for the Mishnah was the hey, that's what the Gemara wants to know. The dalit is that like the hay? And the truth is that in Aramish, a Dalit is in place of the hay. The de is like the hay hayadiyah, is in Lashon HaKodesh. So that's the Shaila. If you use the Dalit, because he's speaking Aramaic, in place of the hay hayadiyah, does it have the same effect? So that dik kavish is like ha kavish, it means only Eric. Tiboi, tiboi in Nidorim always means teku. Says the Mishnah Vaita, min hatzli, ein also elu min hatzli, shal basar. 
Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. Tzli she'ani toyim. If he adds the word she'ani toyim, also bechol hatzli. Min hamaliach in also elman hamaliach shol dag. Maliach she'ani toyim also bechol hamaluchan. Dog dogim she'ani toyim. Somebody says dog dogim she'ani toyim. Also behem is also ben gedolim ben ketanim. Dog means big fish. Dogim means small fish. So you you covered everything. Ben gedolim ben ketanim. Ben maluchim whether they're salty. Ben tefelim if they're not salty. Ben chayim if they're raw. If they're cooked. The only thing you be mutter is taris trufa. So that was a certain type of fish that they used to eat chopped up. So dog dog it sounds like you're not going to eat whole fish. But something that usually people eat chopped up, that you didn't include. Not only that, ubitsir, umurias. Additionally, you're allowed to eat sear, which is fish brine. And murias, which is the, the oils, the things that come out of fish. I know you tzachna. So tzachna was a fish dish that people used to eat that had in it chopped up fish. Then also the taris trufa, because then you're included in your lotion even fish that's chopped up. However, you're still going to be mutter betzir uba murias. I know taris trufa. If somebody says he won't eat taris trufa, Aser betzir of muriyas. Then he's going to be aser even in the sauces, the brine that comes out of the fish. Tanya, Roshim, Allah, Zohimer, Dakshani Toyim. Somebody says, Dakshani Toyim, Aser Bigdoyim. You're not allowed to eat big fish. You're allowed to eat small fish. Dag is mashma only big fish. Dogosh anitoyim, oser biktanim. They ain't allowed to eat small fish. Umut bigdoyim, allowed to eat big fish. Dog dogosh anitoyim. If you said both, oser bein bigdoyim, bein biktanim. Meaning, it sounds like a dog is a big fish. A doga is a small fish. Oh How do you know that a dog? Means big fish. The pasuk says, "By Yaman Hashem dag gadol of loyes yoyno." The fish that swallowed yoyno was a dag, and it says in the pasuk gadol, so it was a big fish. You see, dag is gadol. But for the pasuk later says, "By Yispalo yoyno el Hashem alikov mi mehadaga." Later, the Torah refers to the fish as a daga. So it was a big fish, and it says now dogos. So you see, dogo can be a big fish as well. It says the Gemara holy kasha. It's not a kasha. Don't palti dagadol ubali dagaton. Maybe what happened with Yoyna was he was in more than one fish. Maybe a big fish swallowed him, spit him out, and a smaller fish couldn't have been too small, then swallowed him. Ella says the Gemara, okay, the Hadoga, not some else is another kasha. The Hadoga should be our mesa. This is by the Makis. So it says that the dogga that was by the yar all died. So if you're telling me dogga means small fish, what ketane mesu gdoim le mesu? Did only the small fish die? The big fish didn't die. Ella says, "Where dogga mash magdoilim or mash magtanim?" If you look at the psukim, you can find dogga in the context of big fish, like bayoyna. You can find dogga in the context of small fish as well. Ella uben adarim halachach alashim leyalim. We're hanging hilchas adarim over here. Hilchas adarim has nothing to do with the lashon atayir, like we just read from the Rambam. Hilchas adarim is lashon neyadam and a lashon neyad. Dogo always means small fish. So there it includes even this Taurus trufa, which is chopped up, because Sachana has in it chopped up fish. However, you're still going to be mutter, betzir, ubemurias. So you didn't say Tzachana, you said Tzichin. Tzichin is the plural of Tzachana. And being that you said Tzichin, it sounds like you're coming to include something. Do you mean to include Tzir or Murias? Says the Gemara, Tiboi, take